on today's episode of Top Dogs. We got Colton Lindsay with us. What's up? My boy. This is actually uh, one of my mentors uh, in the agent attraction game. He's also an agent with Real. Yep. And you've been a real estate agent. I know you're not in production anymore, but you've been a real estate agent for how long? I got licensed in 2005, October. Actually, shit, how many years is that now? 2005 till today, 18 years this month. Wow, that's crazy. And you're not, you're you're out of production. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been in production since probably 2018 is when I stepped out of production. Okay. That's like five years ago. Okay, excellent. And then basically, so what you focus on, from what I understand, because you're training me on a lot of things, is agent attraction, infopreneurship, monetizing agents. Correct, yep. And um, that's something I want to talk about here because there's a lot of agents that are, mainly the agents that are watching this, from what I've gathered, is real agents and some LP agents, actually, which is interesting. Soon to be some LPT, probably. Probably. Yeah. Or real. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. No, no, no. I mean, soon to be the company listening to it. Oh, that'd be the goal. Yeah, I want them all. I want them all. But uh, so, yeah, I understand that one thing I wanted to talk to you about, first of all, just so we can kind of throw you out there, your value and everything. What are you making on agent attraction? Let's just talk about through real, not with your infopreneurship, but what yeah, are you doing? Just just year? on just on the revenue share, we'll hit close to a million bucks this year. That's amazing. A million yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see because there's some adjustments happening November 1st, you know, with um, – Opening the tier two, yeah. see how that affects some of the top earners. So, that's right. So that's going from 10 performing to five. Right. But there's a cap on uh, what revenue share pays out, which is 60%. So right. people that will get hit the most will be the top rev share earners. Interesting. Right? So because if there's, say, there's enough rev share to be paid out, should equal, just call it 70%. Right. Then everyone's rev share gets reduced by 10% in the 60, right? So right. they have to keep within that 60%. So 10% of 100,000 is more than 10% of 1,000, right? So right, just, right. So we'll see how it actually shakes out. That'll be interesting to see how, what happens there. Yeah, either way, it's a lot of money and I'm blessed and I'm grateful. Yeah, I know. You actually have, um, is it three seven-figure businesses? So two seven-figure businesses. Two, okay. And the, the, the other business is not quite a seven-figure gross revenue, but it will be. Okay. Which one is that one? That's the Orange Theory Fitness. That's okay, that's that'll right. be seven-figure gross revenue. Um, so, but that's still probably, I don't know, year and a half away. Nice. Yeah, that's not very long. No, I mean it seems it seems <laughs> further away. Than I always seems further away <laughs> when you're talking about money and you know. Yeah. But no, I mean that's incredible, man. Yeah. And okay, so do you still have a real estate team at all that uh, you manage that produces? It, we I have my database right. So Raiden right. Egbert, he's like my right hand dude in real estate. Does all my personal deals, my book of business deals, right? All my referrals, all of that. So I don't necessarily manage. I used to manage a traditional team. And uh, in fact, up until most of this year, I was doing one. But when I look at it, it's only making quarter million dollars a year versus the other businesses are, I mean, on multiple seven figures. It's just wasn't getting the attention that it needed, nor do I really want to do a traditional real estate team. Sure. Um, so now we just do my, my book of business with Raiden. And I mean, I still make, I don't know, probably 150, 200 grand this year. Okay. Just off of the real estate sales. Well, but that's my for bl- someone who's not touching it though, uh, and compared to what's going on with real estate agents yeah, in the country, no, I feel blessed. That is sure. a lot. But I've done a really good job of managing my my book of business for the years. Like we just did a client appreciation event and nice. Um I don't know. Like I think I sent one e- email out. Raiden did a few through our, our Eventbrite, but I think we had like five hundred people. Wow. So we I'm pretty consistent at staying in front of past clients, sphere of influence and and my local network. So I do I do that event three times a year. It's so worth it. No, that's amazing. And that's Colton, what is it that made you make the shift from producing in real estate, you know, working with your clients, working with your team to going into Asian attraction? Um one was uh I mean there's a lot of things that went into it. I remember 2010 I was on the internet trying to do something. I remember. And this thing kept popping up on the screen to buy something. Okay. And I would just try to leave and a new thing would pop up, buy this, buy this. So I was like, fuck, dude, these guys are going to be making some money, right? Oh, yeah. So that was like the first idea of like, I want to make money online. Like that was the brain started making money online. About that same time, I put up a YouTube video 
um, thinking it would help me get buyers and sellers okay. for real estate. Turns out it didn't because buyers and sellers didn't care about me prospecting. Sure. This was like three <laughs> YouTube agents making money off of YouTube, right, right, right. So what I would do is I'd make these YouTube videos of me prospecting for FISBOs, expired, setting appointments. And what it happened to do is created this following of real estate agents. Okay. So then I started to create like Facebook groups. This is very early on. So um, 2014, I'd partnered with a company to, uh, they, it was called Fearless Agent. They were they were a coaching company. Okay. And this was like the beginning days of me trying to figure out how to make money online. And I made like a hundred grand with that nice. company. And I would get 20% of everything that sold, regardless of what sold, because I was the majority of the lead gen for that company. Okay. Um, so that was a start. 2015, I partnered with Brian Casella and uh, he's, oh, yeah. he's here. And he's in Miami, right? Yeah, he's in South Florida, Miami. Yeah, and then, I didn't know you guys were partners. Yeah, so so with him and then a guy named AJ Mida, who's a big um, rev share dude over at EXP, we launched our first mastermind. That was like the end of 2015, and so that's how I started figuring out doing masterminds and events and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we did that for a few years. 2018, um, I remember it was December 2017. I was on a call with my coach, and I was just like. I'm willing to burn down the business I built to build the business I deserve. Okay. And so it was kind of called, like, I felt like there was more for me. Right. Um, and I would say the big driving factor was the fact that I wanted geographic freedom. I wanted to be wherever I wanted in the world, making money and not have to feel like I was stuck to a, to a specific location. If, I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Right. Like, so that was the objective. Um, and so 2018, I launched the Academy and started training on that. We did maybe that first year, 150 grand. I can't remember the exact number. Anyways, kept growing it. Then January 2021 is when I launched Real Brokerage in Utah. Okay. And then here we are today, uh, October 2023. And now multiple seven figures between RevShare and Agent Attraction or on, on the infopreneurship right, side. Right. Um, I think it'll probably land shorter than we did last year, maybe 1.5 just in the WGR Academy this year. Um, okay. Which we did, the market did get us a little bit. Yeah. Well, of uh, course. But overall, though, we'll still be multiple seven figures in those two. Wow. Those That's amazing. And how many um, how many agents do you have in your downline? Just so 1,700 ish. 1,700 ish? Yeah, 1,700. Yeah. Wow, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you're definitely I've got, up there. I've got 1,750 or something total students that have gone through the WGR Academy right now. And I'm not talking just little, like little courses, right? No, I mean, I'm on there. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty beefy. Yeah. You know, yeah. the sales system and everything else that you have laid out, which is really nice. Yeah. And so we, we do a lot of, um, high ticket sales. Um, in the early days I was doing some smaller tickets, but most of us, uh, our, our beginning stages is probably about 10 grand to work with us. And then we have a 25 and a 50 K package. So, yeah. Well, I'm at the beginning stage, apparently. We all got to start somewhere. I was, I was damn, that's right. So, I mean, no, and you know, honestly, I, I will say this. I mean, I'm, I am, I have multiple coaches. Yeah. You know, I have Tom Ferry for real estate. I have you for actually a couple of different things. First, it was Asian attraction until my mind almost fucking blew up at the at the event. Multi-millionaire mind intensive, and you had to put me back into like yep. a good place, you know. So you become more of a like my Tony Robbins, you know, because I don't have access to that guy. But you do, yeah. right? I think, did you, weren't you just with Tony Robbins? I was supposed to go to Hawaii, just barely, but we ended up doing some other things. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I couldn't make it to Hawaii this time. But I was I was there with him in Sun Valley in February. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So let's touch a little bit more on Asian Attraction. I want to make sure we can throw out some really good value. What is What has been your most successful strategy um, on, on attracting agents. I don't think there's one strategy. I think there's more of a system okay. than a strategy. Because everyone's like, oh, is it, is it, is it, do I do a podcast or do I do an Instagram or do I do a YouTube or this or that? Now, I don't think it really matters what you do as long as you follow five major components. The first is identify your target agent. Who do you want to attract? Who right. do you want to add value right. to? Who do you want to serve? And get clear on that. Number number two is your marketing system. Marketing is really four pieces. Number one is a warm audience, a warm audience of, of real estate people. And you got to start to collect their name, number, email addresses, uh, ideally mailing addresses as well. You got to build a database. The, sec sure, the second part of, of marketing is content creation. 
And there's a million ways to create content today. My go-to is Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, but I mean, it could be a podcast like you're doing. It could be TikTok. It could be hell. Maybe there's a bunch of agents on rumble. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not rumble, but finding, <laughs> finding what you are good at consistently. Sure. And where is your target agent? Where do they like to spend time, energy, and attention? And then the third part is paid ads. So paid ads is is very confusing for people, especially if they're with like real brokers. Like, oh, we can do paid ads. But what people don't understand is what you can't do is a direct ad to say like, oh, it's 85, 15, right? 12K. But no, don't do that crap. What we do with paid ads is all I'm doing is building what I call my incubator. So like right now I have a paid ad going on that says my three tier system to make six figures a month in agent attraction. And people can put their name, number, and email in. And they get that training for free. That's all we do. I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm not trying to offer anything. I don't talk about real brokers. I don't talk about my products, any of that. All I do is add value. But when it, the- that's a great kind of, I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I mean, even at, even already having you as a mentor, I saw that come through because obviously we're friends and everything yeah. else like that. And I spent the time watching that. It was like four in the morning when I got that app. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's super valuable. I mean, that's that was what really launched me into doing market research. Cause I copied all the questions that you had. I also remember when you were, uh, when you saw that I followed you and you were kind of, I was like, this dude is totally trying to sell me something. And you know, and the way you did it though, yeah, there's I was like, I was just like, that. well, <laughs> shit, he's totally selling me. But at the end of the day, this is, this is good stuff. Well, and it's, it's, it's not, it's not just selling anyone though. It's selling the ideal person that I can help sure. that is interested in help. That's, no, that's really I'm what not, it is, you know? Oh yeah, that's right. Everybody hears the word selling and it's this negative, yeah. like it's yeah. But yeah, yeah, we're in the sales business. I 100%. Have and that's uh, after I'll, I'll finish part four of marketing is what I call the redirect. Okay. So as I'm building my database of people, my, my incubator, I got to redirect them to something. So 90% of the time for me, I redirect to my Instagram. Okay. They can see more content there. Oh yeah. They can hear what I'm going on, right? They get enrolled in what I'm doing. And both between my content and my redirect, I have a formula that I follow. It's called hook, story, call to action. So I take the market research that you're talking about. Yeah. I find what my ideal person wants. I create hooks around that. I write a story around it or make a, a short clip about it. And then the call to action is always the same. Send me a DM, send me a DM, send yeah. me a DM. And um, that leads to the third major thing of the system, which is a sales system and a, a conversion system where you're going to monetize them. Every sales system is the same. Contacts, meaningful conversation, appointment set, presentation given. It, it's the same formula over and over again. Now, either A, people are going to send me the DM, which happens a lot, or yeah. B... I'm sending them the DM. I think yeah. that's what I think that's how we interact. Yeah, yeah, you you DM me because I followed you. Correct. Yeah. And I have no idea how you ended up following me. Um I just I, yeah, I don't know. You just came across my no no paid ads or anything like that, you know, but you, we had multiple friends in common, I think is what it yeah. was. And um I was just like looking through probably your I didn't go probably deeper than your first five rows on Instagram and I was like, okay, there's value here. I need to hear this guy out. And then all these not to mention the guy shows you like his real Zen app. And it's like, oh, this guy made $220,000 <laughs> this month because he has agents underneath him. Well, damn, I need to know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's something I've played with over the years because I was a little bit nervous to do that. Like people think I was bragging or whatever. Jenna Peterson, one of the mastermind members. Who oh, I recommend dude, Jenna is amazing. Yeah. So she calls it magnetic marketing. She's amazing at it. Yeah, she is good at it. And sometimes I can get stuck in marketing where I'm just selling the problems too much. Like the problem is, is you don't have enough leads. The problem is, is you don't know how to convert them. The yeah. problem is this, right? But what people want is the solution and they want the results of the solution. Of course. So the results of the, like one of the posts I just recently did had like 2,500 views. Uh, not a ton of views, but it had, I think generated like eight leads. Right. So here's what the goal is. Yeah, all matters, Every, right? Everyone, yeah, everyone gets stuck on number of views, which is cool. Yeah. But I have I have one post that I did that has like five million views and no leads. Got right. It. Like yeah. so it's a, it, it looks cool, but that doesn't what makes money, right? What makes money are leads. And in this particular post, I went and I looked at the biggest month I ever had in agent traction. It was like four hundred ten thousand in a month. God. And I had a clip from when I was in Africa jumping off of a no that's where i just saw that one. yeah yeah so, yeah so that that was the post that just generated eight new nice. solid freaking nice. leads right so 
uh, I lost where I was going. Oh, but on there, magnetic I, market. I, yeah, yeah, the magnetic market. I was like, I'm like, I should be putting up there like four hundred ten thousand in a month, right? Like people think I'm bragging, or whatever. That's yeah. what's in the mind. But the reality is, is what they want is that they want that. They sure. want the result of being able to be anywhere in the planet, which I clearly was. I was in Africa making money and yeah. having fun and expanding myself. And people want that. They want to be able to spend time with their kids on a Wednesday afternoon For and sure. not feel guilty oh, yeah. because they're not working. And so you, that's part of the magnetic marketing, marketing is putting out that view where they can see you are the result that they can step into. Yeah. No, I'm with you hundred percent. And then I, I get what you're talking about because people will think that you're bragging whenever you're talking about how successful you're being. But at the end of the day, Tony Robbins says this all the time. I'm not trying to impress you. Yeah. I'm trying to impress upon you yeah. basically what you can do Correct. as well. Well, and I share it not to try to impress people, but honestly, I'm fucking impressed. Like the oh, why wouldn't you the, be? The I fact mean, yeah. that this is my reality now, and and I still complain at times over like whatever. I have life like sure. everyone else, but when I back up. And I just chill. Like, here's a post I put up today that I don't know if it's going to generate any business or not, but I liked it, was I put this walking out the view of my front deck, which oh, is a God, beautiful view. Gorgeous, yeah, dude, I saw that. And I put on there something along that I did, like the idea that like the know this view is paid for through my residual revenues. It's, it's blissful freedom, and it really is. And people want that. They want the blissful freedom. They want the result. They want, they want the financial security, especially right now. In today's economy, in today's world, and we're seeing what's going on in the real estate market with so many agents falling out. So it's a scary time for real estate. And it's also depending on how you look at it and what you're doing, it's a very exciting. Yeah, I think it's more of exciting than it's scary, but it rolls back to one of the things you touched on is the psychology and the emotional state. And um, you mentioned before we started the podcast is emotional awareness or or attractiveness. attractiveness. Emotional attractiveness is one of the, the things that will allow people to come into your world is because we live in such an uncertain time economically, politically, geopolitically. Um, everything is very uncertain. No, totally. And yet human beings are the most addictive creatures to certainty. They want a plan. They want to know everything is going to turn out. And the reality is we don't fucking know that. But if you can become this figure of authority through your marketing and through your sales where people feel just a little bit better. They have a little bit more clarity. They feel like they're a little bit more important to themselves. They're going to love to be a part of your world. And when you can look at it as your whole job is to serve people. Like I look at my every day as my goal for me is to feel good now and always feel better because when I feel better, I make better decisions. Oh, 100%. And so if I can actually influence others and and encourage others to feel better, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's going from angry to worried or worried to frustrated that that may they might not feel excited but they feel that sense of relief they then become more attracted to what it is that i'm creating and so that's what i spend a lot of my energy on and what i'm my marketing is no i love that man honestly everybody in this world like not everybody but a lot of people are in it for themselves what am i going to get paid when's the next thing going to happen for me and you know after all the people I listen to, all the people I read, and I talk to you, it's always like, no, no, no. The more I serve, the more I get. Yeah. May not get it right now, but I know that if I'm serving and making people's lives better, my life is only going to get better mentally, financially, 100%. everything. Well, and when you're serving people, you have to get present. So anxiety is the anticipation of pain in the future. It's yep. a fear of future pain. And depression is we're stuck in the past, right? A pain yep. of the past. So if you're serving people, you get really, really present on what's happening in real time and you forget about the future and the past. Mm-hmm. And so I actually serve people. Yes, it's good for them, but I'm, I'm a selfish asshole. Like I want to feel better. I want to feel present. I want, I like the feeling that comes from serving other people. I love that you said that. You're like, I'm selfish. Yeah. You usually love that because I, I am, I am one of the most selfish people in the world. And sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, that. It's like one of those things where like, okay, I want to give this homeless guy like five bucks because I know it's going to make me feel good. And that makes me feel like a bad person. Like, oh, I'm not doing it to help this guy. I want to feel good too. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's part of receiving. So I have this belief that I'm a generous giver and an excellent receiver, receiver. right? I remember that. (laughs) And I used to just be a generous giver. I'd give, give, give. But it's okay to receive feeling good. It's okay to receive money. It's okay to receive blessing. Time. Time. It's okay to receive. 
Now, there has to be the flow of giving and receiving to really maximize it. Otherwise, it's not receiving, it's taking. For sure. Right? But um, yeah, I, th I think it's totally good to receive feeling good. No, I, I appreciate you saying that because I mean, I felt very happy about you giving me like, an, let's be honest, two hours of your time because of tra traffic and everything else too, to actually do this. You know, very grateful. So thank you very much. Yeah, no, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm super, I'm super happy you're here. And then um, can you talk about build and maintain a positive culture in your downline slash organization to keep retention up with your uh, with your agents underneath you? Um, well, first of all, it starts with with having a clarity on what a value system is. And uh, I look at there's three major components. There's what's called the culture game. And I have three rules to that. Do the right thing, do the best you can, and show others that you care. So that's the first. And then the second thing is to define where I'm going and what values drive there. And so I'm not talking my personal values, although those are important. I'm talking business values. So I got really clear on like, look, I want people to have positive mental energy, right? I want that. I want people that want to make shit happen now. They have a sense of urgency. They're action takers. I want people that love to contribute and add value to other people's lives. I want to be around people that want to have fun and excitement and, and encouragement toward the process. And I definitely want to be around people that have a burning desire to build wealth. So that's what I put as my top five toward values. And I define what that looks like for me. But then the third part is what's called away values. I got really clear. I want to stay away from consistent, inappropriate drama, consistent, inappropriate okay. laziness, that consistent, inappropriate gossip, consistent, inappropriate dishonesty. And so I defined what staying away from that. And I, I say consistent, inappropriate because everyone falls a little bit sometimes. It's if I sure. consistently and inappropriately stay there, that becomes the problem. And so that drives away and the toward values drive towards. And my job as the CEO and the president of the company is to evangelize the fucking direction I'm going and the values that are driving me there. So I do that all the, all the time. And that becomes part of the emotional attractiveness. So as I do that, there's going to be opportunities where I have to make a decision. Sure. And the decision is, is either a, I tolerate something that's against my values or I don't tolerate, tolerate it no matter what the risk is. And, and the longer I've been in business, the more I've just got better at not tolerating, right? Let me, let me explain how far off I used to be at tolerating. Okay. Yeah, right? Because I, I wasn't always this good at it, but early in uh, my career, when I was expanding, uh, I don't remember what year this was. This was before I exited production. Okay. And I was, when I was trying to figure out how to create a team, build a sales team. And I'd hired someone failed and it wasn't because we didn't have similar values necessarily. He was really good dude. I just didn't have the systems in place to train it. Like I just didn't know what I was doing. Right. Okay. Yeah. But then I found a really talented individual that was a, um, he was like a sales director or sales manager for a, a, a chemical sales company. And he had like a team, of like 20 some people. So he's like, wow, extremely qualified yeah. to come in. Right. And I'd hired him and I, I did something different with that person where I guaranteed him a $50,000 salary, which at the time was a big salary for me to guarantee. That's a big salary for most anybody. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, then he would get a percentage of commission sure. on it as well, but that was what allowed him to feel secure to make the transition. So I'm writing this check every month for like four or $5,000, um, while he was getting going, which I'm, I'm so grateful for this experience because first they come in, he signed a deal and put it under contract. Like, the dude was really, really good. But but what I'm talking about with values is the Saturday before he came on board, he invited me to kind of like a going away party with his uh, colleagues from his other company. Okay. So I went down down there and this is back when I, I used drugs. I'm oh, sorry, used sure. drugs and alcohol back then. And so I was getting stoned on my way down there. And um, I, I didn't drink really that much that night because I didn't really want to drink, but I was definitely high. And then they were at this pub and they were all drinking and they said, Hey, we're going to go back. We've got a hotel room. We're going to go back there. Uh, just so, um, you know, everyone's kosher and not driving drunk and stuff. Or whatever. Sure. So I was like, okay, that sounds okay. So we went back to the hotel and there's a ton of people in this room. Like I, there's just like a, a two queen bedroom hotel and there's a bunch of people in there. And this kid comes up to me and he says, Hey, 
do you like it when your heart's beating really fast and it feels like it's going to pop out of your chest? I'm like, no, dude, I don't fucking like that. And he's like, then don't have any of that. And he points over and the guy I just hired just, just, oh, it wasn't even a line of cocaine. It was like a mound of cocaine. I was like, oh, fuck, what did I just do, right? And there was this couple there that um, worked with him and they were totally not into it. And they were starting to leave. I was like, hey, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're getting out of here. I was like, I'm following you guys. And I left, right? So then that night, I'm in my mind like, shit, what do I do here? Right? Like, yeah, that's because scary. That's scary. I just committed to a contract with this guy and I know he's going to be successful talent, but I don't need to bring that into my world. No. Anyways, long story short, brought him into my world and um, worked for me in the company for a couple of years. Really good dude. But what I realized though, is as I continue to change my standards, he no longer definitely aligned right? Because I can look back at plenty of times. I st he started as a client of mine. I picked him up as a for sale by owner. And I remember oh, wow. plenty okay. of times with him where myself was going out and getting hammered, coming home at two in the morning or being high or whatever, right? But as I started moving my standards and he didn't, there became a wedge, right? Sure. And so as I became more clear on what I wasn't going to tolerate, then it started exiting people out of my life and it started attracting the right people into my life. So I would never tolerate that shit now, right? Yeah, like, no, 100%. it's it's um very rarely do I even drink alcohol. If I do, it's maybe like two ounces of whiskey and like a Kentucky Mule or something like that, or maybe a glass of champagne. But very rarely, and I don't use any drugs at all. And so it's just a matter of creating standards and what you'll tolerate or not tolerate. No, I I completely agree. I think that's very important in business and in life. You know, um, that was really a cool story actually it's really interesting because i've noticed over the last year that there's definitely people that are on the back end mm -hmm. of that part of my journey yeah you know with life where it's like i have to take kind of a step back yeah. from that person and their energy yeah or their influence yeah. you know um so i think that's really well, interesting because there's a lot of people in this business i think too that rely so much on other people and they don't consider their value system or who they should be surrounding themselves with to it's the whole thing like you talk about there's power and proximity yeah that's right? what i was going to say the power of proximity and i i really learned that from spending time with tony and in the circle that he's created and being a part of that right and so the more that i realize the people i surround myself with is the most important decision that i can make next to how i show up in my life then i just decide not to spend time with certain people and it's not even that i even have to make that decision anymore it's I decide how I show up and people will either show up in that space yeah. or they'll exit. And that's just how, how it works. So no, I totally agree. I've done that. I meet the most incredible people like, like Mike, Mike, for example, who's behind one of the dudes behind the camera right now. He's got a whole team so, here of people. Honestly, Mike, um, the way I met Mike was just by accident. But it's because I chose to put myself in proximity with a guy that's now one of my business advisors, and he brought me on as a as a was it was it called the special uh, special guest or something, right? So I had just broke my leg skiing, and so I was on crutches, and I was going to this event, and they got me all special seating and stuff. But Mike was there already. I came in a little bit late, and they moved someone or added a chair next to Mike, and they said, "Hey, we have a special guest coming to sit here." And so he thought it was like someone important, right? There's, <laughs> turns out it's me hobbling along on my crutches on there. But long story short, that special guest moment, we became friends and business partners. And um, But I would have never been able to do that had I not decided what I will or not tolerate, will or will not tolerate. Right, right. No, nope. The universe just puts the right people in your life. I agree with you 100%. So can you give some advice on somebody who just joined Real? um or exp and they're looking to start their agent attraction journey like what can you i know that you have that post out that that uh, ad out there that i watched that 18 minute long because that mm -hmm. basically covers all of that yeah that's a very short i mean so there was two more components that we didn't really talk about which is fulfillment and scale and leverage but i would say the very first thing is to make a decision that you're going to do it yeah number, number one it's like decide i'm gonna do it don't because i see too many people getting all wishy-washy like oh i maybe i'm gonna do it i'm trying or whatever which is no right or wrong if you're not gonna do it that's okay but if you want to do it make a decision that you're gonna do it right and then follow those components number one is get really clear who do you want to attract what are their characteristics how much money do they make what are their 
attributes, right? So if you notice, like let's take EXP and Real Brokers. I've got a lot of friends at both companies, um, but quite honestly, I don't. I, my frequency doesn't fully vibrate at the same frequency as a lot of EXP. Okay. Right? And it doesn't make it right or wrong to be a true or false, but you have to get really clear on who do you want to spend your time, effort, and energy with. And once you can get clear on that, then you go find out what is it that they need right now? What do they want? What do they love about business? What do they hate about business? Where are they stuck? What hooks them on social media? What grabs their attention? And you start developing content and marketing pieces around that. And then it will catch their attention. And then you can start having conversations and it's not going to be by accident that they just join your mentorship or join your downline or your network or whatever it is, because you have to get skilled at persuading and influencing. And how do you actually open the conversation with them? Right? Like, cause like, let's take a EXP was horrible about this for years is there was a lot of horrible marketers in that company. They would just spam people through oh, the DMs. Dude, right. And I'm sure we have some people like that at real. And I'm sure other companies have that, but, um, how are you going to approach and open a conversation with someone? What's the DM that you're going to send if they're not reaching out to you? You have to reach out to them. That's how sales works. Once once you actually start the conversation, what's the goal? And everyone kind of messes, not kind of, a lot of people mess this up because they finally get the courage to DM someone or to reach out to someone. And they're like, hey, I've got this opportunity you should hear about. And that's the last, I don't ever bring that up. Like I never bring it up. My first question is, hey, John, I saw you've been following me. What sparked your interest? And then I let them That's share. Literally, with the me. question he asked me first. <laughs> then I let them share with me, and and I start to ask questions. Right. I want to learn what's going on in their world. So I always there's two questions that I will always ask because they're qualifiers. First question is how long you've been in business. Yeah. Because if they tell me they're brand new and they haven't closed any deals, I know right away that they're not an ideal customer for me. They're not going to make sense of my downline. They're not going to make sense for me and mentor. Right. So I don't want to spend time going any further with that, that conversation. Second question I always ask is how much revenue have you made this year? I want to know, are they doing somewhat decent enough that either A, they can cap at the very least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or B, do they have the money to pay me yeah. if I'm going to give my time, effort, and energy to mentor them? And so I'll qualify those. And then once I've qualified that, depending on what your target is and you find out where what's going on, a lot of people now, my marketing so dialed in, they say, well, I'm interested in agent attraction, right? Like they'll tell me yeah. that. And so I'll, I, I then whenever discover where the need is or the want, I say, awesome, I can help you with that. Are you open to some help with that? Yeah. Like the, people have to be open. And some people are very candid. They're like, hey, I'm not really open to that right now. It's like, cool, no problem. We'll stay in touch. I got a lot of free trainings out there. And if you ever have questions, reach out. I'd love to get to connect with you and jam with you, right? Yeah. But when they say, yeah, I'm, all, I'm definitely open. I say, well, why don't we do this? Depending on where their production level is, a lot of times I'll say, hey, why don't we hop on a quick 15-minute Zoom meeting? I can just learn about you and your business and what's going on. Yeah. Cool? And then we get on to a Zoom meeting. This is what's called a triage call. That first, And I keep it 15 minutes, maybe a little bit longer if I really like the person. I want to engage and learn what's going on. But I keep it there. And then at the end of the call, I do this. I say, hey, I think there's a couple of ways I can help you out. One is I think I could definitely mentor you. Like I, I think that it would be really simple with that. Or two is I think there might be a business partnership opportunity. So depending on what I was doing, that's how I do it. If you were just focusing on your network, I would say, hey, I think there's an opportunity here. I don't know if you're open to it. And they go, well, what is it? Well, look, I'm working on this project and it's with real brokerage. It's absolutely changed my life and it's done X, Y, and Z. I don't know. You might not, even, it might not be for you, but if you're open to it, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Are you open to explore business opportunity with me? like a partnership because I call it, I, I call it partnering with me. People want to partner with 100%. other great people. And so if they are, then I schedule another meeting and it's called a business strategy session. And the strategy session, depending if I'm going to mentor them or if I'm going to put them into my real brokerage agreement, then I would explore the conversation that way with real brokerage. Specifically, I go through the real, uh, the deck, the, the slide deck yeah. that they give us. And I'm asking questions. I'm asking, well, where are you stuck? What are you looking for? Like, I'm, I'm, that's the most powerful part of the conversation is I tell people the same thing is first, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Really? I want to understand you, your business, where you're at, what's going on. Even if I can help you. Yeah, absolutely. Second thing I'm going to do for me is strategy and structure. And there's three things I focus on, which is business freedom, financial freedom, and soul freedom. I want to make sure those three areas line up for you. 
Because if they don't, then it's probably not going to be a fit because that's what I'm focused on, right? And then the fourth or the third part is I'll give you a brief and complete idea of how we can deliver on this and what the opportunity looks like. And then I say, what questions do you have? And then usually they start asking questions. And then I ask, well, where are you stuck? Blah, blah, blah. And I just go into that. And, and everybody that's listening to this, I want to make sure you understand you did not once, and these are two different, we're on two calls now. We're on the second call during this conversation. He did not ask for money or closing, or he's, he's honestly trying to provide as much value as possible and truly understand where you are and where you want to be. And one thing I've seen is people just are constantly just trying to go for the close, go for yeah. the close, go for the close, go for the close. Yeah. And you haven't even done that. In fact, when I called you, you never even went for the close. Yeah. I asked you yeah. basically. So what are next steps? Correct. Right. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> and we haven't even talked about money or anything well, at that point. <laughs> there's an area of balance right there that some people, and this just comes with time and learning. Some people, they are so body and they're such action takers. They're, they're so ready for what you have to offer. Like I just had this the other day and we'll probably get him started this next Wednesday or Thursday, whenever the meeting is, his final question was, is like, well, how do I get involved with this? Yeah, right? When exactly. you add that much value and that much context, it'll be like that. But there are some people that are nervous. Like there are some people that say, Hey, look, can I challenge you? And I, I was like, well, why don't I just, let me just share what the offer is. I don't know if it's for you or not, but let me just share it with you. I love how you keep saying, I don't know if this is for you or not. It it's might like not a real be. Phil Jones kind of like. Well, and you have to look at it's it. really, and, I love that. It, like, we have to be respectful enough to other human beings to let them make decisions for themselves. 100%. And their emotions and what's important for them. So who the hell am I to say if it is for the other person or not? Oh, yeah. no. Like, totally. that's not my say. I don't get that choice. So I leave it like that. And it is Phil Jones does teach a lot of that. I didn't learn from Phil, but it works. Oh, I right? know. Like it's, it leaves it open in this view of like, I don't know if this is for you or not, but if you're open to it, X, Y, Z. Then when, when they get to that, and I, I always say in a nutshell, this is how I deliver on, is this definitely for you? And then they tell me yes or no. And when they tell me yes, then I just say, hey, then let's get going on this. Yeah. And if they say, well, I got to think about it, whatever, there's that objection going to come up. I can say, okay, fair enough. Can I challenge you? And they're like, well, yeah, what's that? And I said, well, what does you got to think about? And they're like, well, it's a big investment or this or that. I I told you it's a big deal. Right. And I, and I say to them, I said, is that the only thing keeping you from getting the boat going with me? And they'll say, well, yeah. And I said, okay, well, if that wasn't a problem, is this for you? And so I said, when they say, yeah, for sure. I say, well, can I challenge you? My challenge is let's get started. Let's do this. And once you get into it, you're going to either have a sense of relief or you're going to realize I sold you a bag of dicks. <laughs> and I said, when you have the sense of relief, which I imagine you have, if you show up, you participate and you'll be stoked and you're going to grow through this. And I said, if you get to the end of it and you show up and participate, you go all in. I sold, you think I sold you a bag of dicks. You feel like that. Let me know. I'll give you 110% of your money back. Yeah, that's in your agreement. Which I'm willing to do because I people deserve their money back if I'm selling them crap, hopefully, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, they have to end up with their part of the deal. Like, they got to show up and participate. Right. This isn't like, oh, I got busy and just couldn't do it, so I can have my money back. It's like, no, they participated, and they saw what I provided was shit, so therefore they get their money back, which I don't provide shit. So <laughs> And I'll make sure to like, I don't promise this when I, when my company sells a product, but I'm so focused on contribution that that's my outcome. That's my result. That if I can sense, which oftentimes I'm pretty good at sensing, like, dude, I think this person needs some extra support. Let me see what I can oh, do for them. Dude, right? you are good at that, man. I, quick little story. So sorry, but no, to piggyback off that, you are good at that. So we did an event in Utah. So I flew out for it. I was probably with the, with your company for maybe a month at that okay. point, or maybe even less. And we did this breathing exercise and, you know, I'm all about breathing. I do breathing every morning after my cold plunge and all that. But this was to the extreme, like, and, you know, it was very intense breath work that lasted. How long did we even do that for? That wasn't very long. It was like about 20 minutes, 20 minutes. It yeah. felt like a freaking lifetime. <laughs> anyway, we were doing this breath work and I don't know what happened, but I went to a very dark place. Mm. You know, I went to a very dark place. Um, with childhood probably the war and everything else too and um 
I was very appreciative that because I was in my hotel room just destroyed that night. Um, and I'm very appreciative that you like reached out to me. We talked for God, we talked for, I think, almost an hour on the phone and stuff, too. You are very intuitive. I tried very hard not to look messed up and destroyed the rest of the day, but that, the rest of that day, I was just Which is okay. <laughs> well, and that's part of the healing process is we have to revisit and relook at, yeah. whether it's consciously or unconsciously, we have to revisit these past events and decisions that we've made because we make meaning around them, which 50% oh, sure. of the time, according to Dr. Joan Spencer, it's not the real thing that actually happened, but we attach a meaning around it. But if we can look at it objectively from a different space, we can make a new decision. We can make a new, we can attach a new meaning around it. But looking at the, the thing, it can be very, very painful to revisit. Yeah, no very painful. No kidding, man. Well, you are very good at that. Um, what are some common mistakes and pitfalls that you've seen personally and with other brokers that are trying to do Asian attraction make consistently? Yeah. So I actually just made a post about this. I'm going to oh, go perfect. through this. Yeah, go through that. There's nine different, uh, let me pull this up. There's probably about nine different mistakes that people are are making right now. Now I got to find out where where I put that. Your Instagram is the WGR. Is it yep. WGR? Yep. T H E W. All right, guys. So make sure you follow the WGR on Instagram because he posts agent attraction stuff all the time, and yep. it's actually very valuable. So problem number one is lack of effective lead generation. Got it. So. People are just trying to throw shit up at the wall, which they 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 don't use a hook, they don't use a story, they don't use a call to action. They don't even use what their target market wants. They use what they think their target market wants, which is a big I mean, kudos for trying, but if you're hunting an elephant with a bow and arrow, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have a fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> is it a fan? So that's why you touch on why it's so important to do your market research. With those Correct. questions that you mentioned earlier. Correct. Because then you can find your idea. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so that was one of the things, because we used to focus a lot of our, a lot of our clients are seven-figure generators in our mastermind. And we used to focus more on building a traditional real estate team. That's what we taught them. And then as we continue to do the market research, we heard that people wanted more consistent income. Yeah. And these were from so many people. They want residual income. They want to figure out agent attraction. I heard this one so much. I want to figure out agent attraction the way you figured it out. Like I've heard that a million times. So I was like, shit, well, we need to start teaching that at a higher level, right? So when we hear what people are saying, we can make stuff around that. And the real reason, the real, what that means to people, if they have consistent, say 20 grand a month, 30 yeah. grand a month in residual income, what it means is I can be with my kid on a Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon and not feel guilty that I should be working and not feel worried about the money coming in. Or I can, uh, you know, take the whole holiday season off for this or that or that, or what it really helps people with is when life kicks you in the fucking teeth and you're not prepared to get kicked in the teeth by life, you can handle what life's handling you or handing you without worrying about the financial situation. I think that's one of the most powerful pieces that people underestimate every single time is life happens at a speed and it really kicks us in the gut sometimes. Yeah. But imagine if when life kicks you in the gut, you didn't have to worry about money on top of getting kicked in the gut. Oh, it's just like this time right now in real estate. It's really hard right. for realtors right now. It's really hard for realtors. And you don't have that concern. You no. don't have that worry at no. all. And I've got, I haven't shared with a lot of people. I've got a lot of really big personal challenges going on this last few months with me and my family. I know. Yeah. And so when when I'm able to show up and deal with that and still do 125, 150 grand in a month, yeah, it makes my life much more simple to be able to deal oh, with. Oh, for sure. It doesn't eradicate the problems. No. Um, problem number two or mistake number two that I'm seeing is ineffective conversion strategies. So ineffectively converting an opportunity of someone that might be a lead or interested in whatever your project is say joining your network or joining your mentorship program, you're using an ineffective strategy to convert them to money. And that's become a very, very big problem because people don't know the simple four steps, con uh, contact, conversation, appointment set, presentation given. They don't know how to make it feel like, hey, they're taking the ball from your hands. They're yeah. thinking, how do I get involved with this? Oh, yeah. They're feeling like they have to convince them. The moment that you can stop feeling you have to convince people and it's Leave it up to them. Share the opportunity. Share what that means to them, what the benefits are, and how you can actually deliver. Let them make the decision. So that would be the second. The third is inconsistent growth. 
mm. is so what happens is and we see this all the time in, in just traditional real estate sales as well as we'll have these highs and these lows for sure and so when you're on high it feels good when you're on a low it doesn't feel so good and so when you have an inconsistent growth stream it can really fuck with you psychologically oh, 100%. and emotionally uh, number four is just a lack of a clear strategy. There's this no clear, like those five components, uh, target agent, marketing, sales, fulfillment, scale, leverage. That's a, it's a very clear system. Each one of those are broken down. But and that's a big problem, right? Because everybody has a vision board. Everybody has a goal with a number or something, but they don't have the journey mapped out. Correct. They don't have the roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, in, when it comes to agent attraction, because we have a lot of really good people in our company and in, in other companies. Um, I just don't think many people actually know why they're being so successful at it, right? Because there is some, there's some stuff to break down on what creates the qualified person. Like we just brought over, um, I just had a, a new tier one sign with me. She had 50 something agents at a brokerage wow. in Lafayette. And it's like, no one can actually explain the science of how that happens. And the science is simple. I got really clear on who my target person was. I ask so many questions in the market research and I do it every month to find out what that individual wants, needs, loves, hates, and where they're stuck in business right now. And you know where this person was stuck, and I've heard this very, very, very often is she just felt bored in business. She didn't feel like there was more to scale to. She wanted some more excitement, some more energy. She wanted to be able to scale outside of Lafayette, right? Oh, so man, that's real brokerage right there for sure. Exactly. Um the next is number five is just inadequate support and mentorship and unwillingness. And I had another post I just did on this today is, is like the, the, one of the most important things I've done in my entire life is I've invested in proximity. I've invested in adequate support, adequate mentorship, personal development, so that I can grow my skills as a human being. I spent probably about half a million dollars at this point, just on my own personal development, but yet look at what it's created on the other side of that. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I've got an incredible relationship. I've got multiple seven-figure businesses. I've got an over an $8 million net worth right now. And it's it's not by accident. It's so you're saying investing in your well-being is not a bad investment. No, it's a great investment. Because wants to spend the money on that. They want to spend the money right. on marketing or advertising, but no one's willing to go sit down, read the books, or find the coach that's actually going to help them be healthier. Yeah. And honestly, I because I read a ton, books aren't even enough. Like You've got to get with an individual that has the physical results that you're yeah. looking for. And you got to get in proximity with them so that you can ask questions. You can learn a system. You can really get feedback. And I get why people struggle with this because there's a lot of bullshit that's sold today. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of fake coaches out correct. there. It's a problem. A and, lot of promises. And on this show, I always mention how important it is to get a coach. Yep. And not just, I mean, God, I consider my whoop a coach. Yeah. Also, oh. I mean, 100%. I consider it. But then I have you as a coach and a mentor for Asian Attraction. I have Tom Ferry for real estate. You know, I mean, I have a health coach in a way too. So it's like, it's really important to surround yourself with people. And I don't make sure the people I'm hiring, like for example, I mean, if you were telling me you're only making like $500,000 a year doing this and not Asian attraction, but just in general in life, maybe not the best person to go talk to about making seven <laughs> figures a year. Right. I'm just saying, no, I mean, you want to make sure you gotta have, they have the physical results, like a hundred percent for sure. The, I would say the next mistake that I have written down here's difficulty in targeting those top producers, right? It goes back to having that target agent that you want. But how do I get in front of them? How do I give them the language with, that, that they need? It goes back to market research. One of the ways that I teach people to do market research is go make a list of the characteristics of the person that you want to come yep. into your organization. That's step one. Step number two, make a list of 15 people that you know that fit that characteristic list. Step number three, go ask them these questions. What do you hate about business? What do you love about business? What do you need more of in business? What do you want more of in business? Where are you stuck in business? And what hooks you right now on social media? Once I get that information, I can go create a marketing plan around that. And it's very, very simple. All you need is an iPhone today. But you have to really focus on those target agents. Um, number seven is, we're seeing this big time this year, failure to adapt to the market changes. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Like the messaging that worked for Agent Attraction 12 months ago does not work right now. You have to be using a different message today than 12 months ago. Uh, problem number eight is lack of confidence in the approach. I see this very often is you just don't feel like you have anything to add or who am I to be able to even talk with this person. And then the last is inefficient time management. And really one time management is attention management. It's 
It's energy management is like who and what gets my attention too often, too many other things get our attention and then it distracts us from what the end goal is. That was, I'm so glad you ended with that because the next question I have, because it changed me in my life was tell me what a smart day is. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off with a a, a little bit different question. What what does time equal? And I know you probably have heard me say this now, but most people tell me time equals Money, opportunity, freedom. I believe it equals emotion, energy, and motion. So if I can get clear on the three parts of my day, morning, day, and evening, I can create routines around those. Yes. Okay? And there's one objective from each routine is an emotional outcome. Like what is the emotional outcome I want from my morning? What is the emotional outcome I want from my day? What is the emotional outcome I want from my evening? And then I can build actions around those emotional outcomes, right? So a smart day is a way for me to be able to get clear on the next 24 hours of my life. As uh, think of it as a CEO meeting with yourself, but not just the CEO of your business, but CEO of your motherfucking life. Yeah. And if you look at your life, I found there's probably no more than five major outcomes per day that you're after. Usually it's not that many. Like one outcome is going to revolve, revolve around being a badass business motherfucker that drives money. Yeah. One outcome is going to be revolving around optimizing and maximizing your health, vitality, and your fitness. One is going to revolve around being an incredible spouse or partner with the person in your relationship with one, it might be an incredible dad to your kids. Right. And I mean, you start, I'm already out of this, right? Like, yeah, of those. No, like totally. there's usually only four or five outcomes, but it feels like we've got a million things to do every single day in order to do that. And so people are used to creating what are called to-do lists and to-do lists. Um, if you're not doing a to-do list, that's probably the most challenging spot you can be in. Because you're just reacting to everything. 100%. But if you're doing a to-do list, the, the challenge that I see people with that, and I used to do this as well, is I would get to the end of my day and I wouldn't finish all the stuff on my to-do list and I felt like the motherfucker grew. So then I felt like that it's the end of the day and I didn't make any progress. I felt like I was spinning my wheels. And the reality is, is I'm not spinning my wheels. I have to reframe my mind. And so what I do is, okay, if my outcomes are, let's say, be a badass business king that drives revenue to the business today. That's the outcome. What's important about that? Okay, what, so I flood it with certainty. I get really clear. Well, that's what pays for my 1931 Model A Ford. That's what allows me to take my family on a ridiculous vacation. That's what allows me to continue investing in my real estate. That's what allows me to take me and my spouse to Fountain Life, which is $20,000 per. I spent forty grand on going to Fountain Life, which is preventive healthcare system and and really just doing stuff to create longevity and anti-aging. So I'm going to tell you how you're aging every year. Correct. So I'm aging 0.94 years per year. Well, last time I checked, I'm going to go get another DEXA scan here in a few weeks. And then by then you'll retest. The objective for me is to get to where I age at 0.8 years per year. Right. But I don't get to learn that. I'm going to optimize that unless I'm making motherfucking money. Oh yeah. So that becomes the reason that becomes the anchor of what's important about being a business king that drives revenue to the business today. And then I look at what are my three to five, maybe six actions that I could do is, well, one is I got to have 30 conversations. I used to do that on my DMs. Two is I'll have maybe some meetings on my calendar. So I got to meet with, I got to meet with Jared to do a triage call. I got to meet with John to do a strategy session. I got to do the Alliance training, call, whatever it is, right? There's usually no more than four or six of those items. Right. But I do that for each session or each section of the three to five outcomes every single day. And then I just dive in and do it. And I have this rule that if I get 75% of it done, it's a fucking win. If I, uh, yeah, I remember your 70, that 75% rule you have goes for a lot of it different does things. a different thing because yeah. I have this idea that I'm going, no matter how great I am, no matter how perfect I am, I'm going to fuck it up. Like I'm going to get knocked off course. I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to make a decision that is not a great decision. Sure. I mean, the worst decision is not making a decision at all, but, my point is I'm going to do things that don't always pan out. And yeah. when I do, they just can't crush me. But when I do things that pan out, here's the rule I have with that. I got to win fucking big. I got to make 10x return on that. So if I'm doing decisions that don't kill me 75% of the time and 25% of the time I win big, I always win. You're always winning. That's the rule of 75%. Now, when I look at coming to my smart day, I'm just thinking, shoot, if I can hit 75% of what I said on that list, I'm progressing. I'm moving forward. Yeah. So you have a notebook, which I use to do this every morning. Yeah. And it's so funny. I remember you were, you've told me this is going to take a half hour of your morning. That's okay. I spend at least 45 minutes on that thing. It takes, it's it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like. Is that both on the smart day and the LML Journal side? 
easily 45 oh, minutes yeah. for sure it takes a because i remember it takes a lot it's not just writing things off the top of my head but it's also i'm analyzing everything before i write it down yeah you know i'm i'm trying to think more in depth about it like i want to make like oh, what are you grateful for oh my house yeah you know i was there's like i learned that okay let's really think hard what about what i'm house? grateful for what yeah. about the house so yeah. i can keep looking for like these grateful things throughout the day that journal is on your website right for yeah. purchase the w- anybody can get yeah that. i think it's www.thewjshop.com yeah, and we, we literally just sell it for cost too. It's, it's so it seems kind of expensive, it's like 40 bucks or something. We sell it literally what the cost is. Oh, dude, that's worth it all day. I, yeah. I, I love that thing. So, like, that's I do half. I wake up at four in the morning, so I do half of that. Um, from like fourth, like four to like 4 45, basically. That because I'm just exhausted. And then I go to the gym and I come back and do my cold plunge and breathing. And then I do the other side, yeah, you oh, know, nice. right before the kids wake up. That is, um, that journal. I think it's I think it's 40 50 bucks you're right. I got I, I, you gave that one to me. Yeah, you get it in in when you when you signed up with our membership. Yeah, that's worth all, if any, anybody's listening to this that wants to really figure out how to structure how to really set goals based on your out the the emotions you want to feel at the end of the day and throughout the day. Like you yeah. said you have morning, afternoon and evening. That's one heck of a purchase. Well, and people you you got to buy in on this idea that time equals emotion, energy and emotion. Yeah. Because the only moment you are guaranteed is this moment. You're not guaranteed the next one. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. So between now and when your moment runs out, what emotions do you want to experience? And I want to experience a lot of times. I just want to like a sense of calm. Like I just want to feel like everything's yeah. fucking okay. Right. Uh, but there's times I want to be excited. There's times I want fucking certainty and put money in the bank. There's times I want to feel just chilled out. There's times I want to be full of enthusiasm. Yeah. Right. But there's times I want to feel sexy, right? Like, but each moment is a different emotion. So what's going to generate those emotions is how I show up with the story in my head and with the actions in real time. And so I always say to people, the real secret to success, it's not hard work. It's your willingness to do what you don't feel like doing. It's, it's so funny because everybody's saying that and nobody, I feel like nobody listens to that. No. Because they're a- too scared to, first of all, they're too scared to listen to that. But I mean- well, you you do cold plunges. Like I don't think that right before I'm never excited to get in the fucking cold. Plunge. No, it's that's the worst part. Right, like the first twelve seconds when I'm trying not to hyperventilate and slow my breath down, <laughs> yeah. and then I can start to chill into it. And then oh, when yeah. I get out, I'm like, nice work, cold. Oh, you yeah. did it. Oh, I agree with you. It, that's it's, that's what it's one of the reasons why I do it. Not and also the dopamine. Yeah, I mean the the four to six hour long just dopamine rush. You well, get. that with the cold exposure and about eight minutes of breath work every morning will increase your lifespan by at least seven years. It's kind of worth it. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, seven, seven years. years. Yeah, that's oh, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. Yeah. All right, sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, let's ask, let's do one more question based. We're going to go off of Asian attraction here. And I want, I want to know what are three things an entrepreneur can do every single day to grow more as a person? Well, I think the first thing that every human being, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, can do is a form of meditation. And there are several forms that I do. Uh, Breathwork, transcendental meditation, yoga, tai chi, just simple stretching is a form of it. But understanding to a definition, and this one I read, and it's taken me years to define what meditation is. But what I've defined it as is a repetitive practice of letting go of fear. And so I think that's the very first thing. Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur or anything, honestly, you're going to face some fucking fears. Yeah. You're going to face some fears with can you do it? Can you keep it going? Right? What do I do with it once I've got it? You know, there's so many the fear of the market, the fear of the geopolitical situation, the fear of the economy, the fear of rates, the fear of what if Biden becomes president again? The fear of what yeah, if Trump becomes president? The yeah. fear, of, you know what I mean? There's so many fears of whatever. And so the first is, is I recommend everyone have a daily practice of, of a form of meditation. Um, the second is I would recommend that everyone works on optimizing their body because the only vehicle that you have here to go and be a father, be a spouse, be a business owner, be a servant, 
is this body and it's it does not do any good to have it be a piece of shit body or be beat up or be less than ideal and that's the vehicle so the second thing that i would say is work on your body the third thing that i would recommend that everyone do is become obsessive over building a network of relationships that you can monetize in the future okay and part of the monetization, I would add this to it, is focus on two things with this. One is go where the margins are bigger, where you get paid more per transaction in what the sell is. Or the second part of that is where the the, the margins are residual, where they pay you over and over and over again. And that's the reason why that becomes difficult for people is because they're afraid that if they stop making money the way they currently make money, and it doesn't work out, they're going to be broke. They're going to have a financial problem. But the reality is you've got to get extremely uncomfortable to earn a ridiculous amount of comfort. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think twice. We've taken two Ubers today. Both Ubers are Uber black SUVs. Do you know how good it fucking feels to have a nice S black SUV pull up and pick you up and drive you somewhere? Oh, it's very nice. Right. And so to be able to make sure that that's your experience that's significantly more comfortable than having to hop in the Uber X or the Uber shared or whatever it is, where they've got like fucking dog fur in the back of the seat or whatever. So it's all about the comfort will expand if you're willing to get out of your current comfort zone. So I love that. I went off course, but no, no, that's great. All this is everything. Everything here is valuable and that's the most important thing. So thank you, Colton, for being here. This is awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you gave me your time and your team's time. Gents, thank you. And uh, that's it for this episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro.